Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Salam, Arasulillah, Wala, and he was talking over there. My bad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah, fantastic. So, in the last session, we spoke about the ayah in which Allah Ta'ala says, which means what? That in, indeed he, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, saw him, speaking about Jibreel, in the clear horizon. Right? So we, we went to detail about what that meant. And now this ayah, ayah number 24, Allah says, And he, and this is referring to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he is not a withholder of the knowledge of the unseen. And the reason why these two ayat go, going back to back is, is quite beautiful is because there's a, there's a consistent theme here. You have the first ayah, which uh, ayah number 23, saying what? Jibreel appeared to, in his true form to the Prophet Muhammad not hiding anything at all. Not hiding anything. And then now we have the next ayah where uh, Allah Ta'ala is saying, and the Prophet he is not a withholder of information. In other words, the Prophet conveys everything that's revealed to him, not hiding anything whatsoever. So you have this consistency. Jibreel doesn't hide anything, reveals everything, shows himself fully, and now the Prophet is revealing everything to you and is conveying the message fully. This uh, word, banin, occurs one time in the Quran. It's interesting, even the root letters of bad, noon, noon. You find that uh, the root verb is banna, banintu, uh, uh, or yadinnu, bannan, wa bananatan, which means what? To be cheap. More specifically, banin means uh, to be uh, a withholder of information, as opposed to bakhil, which is stingy with monetary money. So you could be either cheap when it comes to material, like I don't want to give you wealth, or it could be stingy with regards to information. And so bakhil is stingy with money, banin uh, is uh, stingy with information. Or adlinna, yani al bukhlu bishay al nafis. Another interpretation, another way of looking at this, this word is adlinna, uh, that's the root of it, or the, 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 the muscle of the noun, is stinginess, is to be al bukhlu bishay al nafis. It's to be stingy with something precious. So it's information, it's precious information. So this is what's being implied here, that the Prophet is not going to withhold any of this precious uh, information from you, inshallah ta'ala. So what is the conclusion here? That the Prophet is very eager to convey the message of Islam to as many people as possible. So the question that this ayah should put forth to each and every single one of us is what? Do we have this sunnah? Do we continue the sunnah of not just conveying the message, but being eager to convey to as many people as possible? SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet don't just convey it, but convey it fearlessly. As Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhar rasul, ballig ma unzila ilayka min rabbika wa in lam tafal fama ballarta risalata. Wallahu yasimuka min an nas in Allah la yahdil kaumal kafirin. O Messenger, announce and convey that which has been revealed to you from your Lord, and if you do not, then you have not conveyed his message, and Allah will protect you from the people. Why does Allah Ta'ala specify that he'll protect you? Because yes, you might be afraid to convey the truth because people might attack you for it and reprimand you for it, but the fact of the matter is, you need to know that your protection is, Allah Ta'ala is the, the one who's gonna protect you. And be fearless, because this is your job. And so we need to adopt that same mentality and be eager. We should not be withholding any of this knowledge that we have as Muslims, all this beautiful information that has come to us through the Quran and Sunnah, this guidance, we should not be withholding any of it, because the Prophet did not withhold any of it. And there's a, a, a few nice quotes here. Umar uh, ibn Abdul Aziz Rahimullah he said what? Ida Raita Koman Yetana Jona Fidinihim Dunal Amma Fa'alam and Hum Ala Tsisi Dalatin. He says, if you see a people having private meetings regarding regarding their deen while avoiding the masses, then know that they're on the foundation of misguidance. 
I don't know if you've ever seen this, I know I've personally seen this, that you encounter certain Muslim scholars that claim to have secret knowledge that can only be revealed to a special group of people, a special class of people. Uh, just know that this is in contrast to what the Prophet uh, taught. This is actually much more like the soothsayers and those scam artists who said, oh, I'll give you, you know, this special information if you come to my special session just for 99, 99, 99, you know, whatever the case is, right? They're always gonna charge a big uh, price for it. So subhanAllah, uh, 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 this is the, this is the uh, uh, reality that subhanAllah this deen, we don't have like secret knowledge. I remember actually, I'll tell one quick uh, uh, anecdote. I remember one time I was in a masjid, which will remain nameless, but it's not, not, not around here, it's somewhere far away. But anyway, I was in a certain masjid and the speaker was giving the speech and subhanAllah, you know, I was, a, I was young, I was just, you know, sort of getting into my deen at a young age and sort of figuring out different groups of people and so forth. Anyway, so this guy's giving me a speech and he's talking about Awais um, al-Qarni, rahimullah, which, mashallah, we know that there's a beautiful hadith about him that is authentic, that talks about this very special individual. But anyway, there's a lot of khurafat, uh, you could say, <laughs> a lot of uh, fairy tales about this individual, unfortunately, because he was a righteous uh, uh, individual that the Prophet did speak about, uh, but unfortunately, people added so many different stories about this guy. So one story about this individual, they said that when the Prophet ﷺ was in the Battle of Uhud, I remember the, spe the speaker, he was saying, when the Prophet ﷺ was in the Battle of Uhud, we know that his tooth got broken, right? He was in battle, he got hit in the face, and his tooth got broken, subhanAllah. And he said, oh, when that happened, even though Awais al-Qarni was so, so far away, this is not true, by the way, <laughs> but he said when he was so, so far away, he could hear it or feel it or he got inspired or whatever the case is, and the moment that happened, what happened? He said, if the Prophet ﷺ is feeling that pain, then I need to feel that pain. So he picked up a rock and smashed his face to break his own tooth. And then he said, maybe I hit the wrong tooth. So maybe I need to smash another. So he smashed the next one. And he said, maybe I missed the, the, I still missed the right, I don't know which one it is. So, I, so the guy, so the story, I'm sitting there in the masjid. I'm listening to this. I'm like, you're telling me this guy broke all of his teeth? This is, this is a terrible story, you know, subhanAllah. So anyway, I go up to a sheikh afterwards. I say, Salaam sheikh, I just have a question for you. Is uh, uh, self-harm or mutilation or things like this, is, uh, is this halal in Islam? They say, no, of course not. You're not allowed to cut yourself. You're not allowed to hurt yourself and so on and so forth. I said, okay, did you hear the speaker earlier? talking about, you know, smashing his face and breaking his, all of his teeth open, like, what, what, what was that about? He goes, this is a special knowledge, this is different. I go, but it is self-mutilation, is it not? He goes, no, no, this is, this is special. I was like, okay, khalas. I never go back, I'm never coming back to this masjid ever again in my life. I don't, I don't buy these, you know, no, no, secret knowledge, special knowledge for the elite class, this and that. This is, uh, 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 you have to be very, very careful of things like this, uh, and Allah knows best. This is, clearly, Allah Ta'ala says, this is not how the Prophet operated. This idea of, you know, we, we, this is not how Islam operates. Alhamdulillah, clear as day. Alhamdulillah. Imam Malik rahimahullah says what? Man bid'atan yaraha hasana. That whoever innovates a perversion in the deen, a bid'ah, and sees it as something that is good, faqad za'ama anna Muhammadan khan al-risala. Then what he's saying is that indeed he's claiming that the, the Prophet Muhammad failed or betrayed his message. Right? I mean, think about it. If you, if you come up with a new Islam or new practice in Islam or some sort of bid'ah, then what are you really saying? That the Prophet failed to teach us this good thing. And now that you're, you're like completing his job. A'udhu billah. And then he says, لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَ يَقُولُ الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ فَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ دِينًا فَلَنْ يَكُونَ الْيَوْمَ دِينًا He says that because Allah says, today I have perfected your religion, so whatever wasn't part, and, and therefore he's concluding, so whatever wasn't part of the religion on that day won't be part of the religion today. You guys get the simple point? That subhanAllah, Allah says, today I've completed your religion, is done. This idea, no, no, I have a secret knowledge and a special this and a special that, 
no thank you. you, you enjoy your special whatever you have. I'm gonna follow Allah and his messenger and I'm very comfortable in that. Whatever special thing you have, I'm not interested. That should be the uh, believer's uh, perspective and Allah knows best. Another reading, instead of banin with a laud, like sod laud, right? Uh, another valid uh, recitation of this ayah is bi vanin, va, with a, like ta, va, right? And so what does vanin mean? It means yani muttahamun, yani to be suspect meaning that this person he is in no way blameworthy or suspect regarding what he is claiming of the unseen of this revelation that you know it's to be blameworthy and vanin also means what that he's guessing he's just guessing means what he is not guessing about the unseen he's not freestyling so what is this ayah if you take all these meanings together what is it conveying it's giving a package understanding of saying what this is contrasted again, and you saw this theme earlier. There's a contrast with the con men, with the uh, soothsayers, with the fortune tellers, with the mind readers, with the psychics, or with all, whatever, whatever nonsense, uh, you know, new age, spiritual, whatever is going on. That the Prophet is very much distinct from that because these psychics or mind readers or, uh, or a kahin would claim to see things just as the Prophet is saying that he saw something on the horizon. But the difference is that the con man's message would be vanin, yani unclear, wishy-washy, vague, and also vanin, meaning what? He's making clearly wild guesses. You can see he's just quickly freestyling. He's just trying to th think of something off the top of the head. Or he would be banin, implying what? That he's always going to be holding back some information so that he can force the person to come back later so that he can get another payment. This is how they con people one shot after the other. Oh, you have to come back next week, then I'm going to give you the real secret to all the, you know, how to fix your life or whatever. Uh, or who you're going to fall in love with or where you're going to find true love or all these different things that, by the way, this stuff makes tons of money. You think this stuff is, is extinct? It is not. It is still uh, very much alive and well. This is all in opposition to the Prophet who they know is full of clarity, full of confidence and telling Telling the full story. SubhanAllah, this is a very clear contrast. Then Allah says what? وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And وَمَا هُوَ And it is not. It يعني the Qur'an. The Qur'an is not بِقَوْلِ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ The word of a devil expelled. Rajim meaning expelled. So first and foremost, this is the word shaitan is coming up and this is the last time the name or the word shaitan shows up in the Qur'an. It's quite interesting. It shows up 70 times in the Qur'an and this is the last time in this ayah. And just so everybody knows that the word shaitan comes from two possible roots. Shaitana yashtunu shaitanan, which means to be far. Yani to be far from the truth. That's the implication. It means to be ba'id, like far away. And shaita yashitu shaitan, which means to be engulfed in flames, like to be burning up with rage. So shaitan is somebody who's far away from the truth. He's rejected. And he's somebody who is enraged and angry, obviously, at Adam salam and humanity because he was better. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm better. <laughs> right? So he was very, very upset. Uh, yes, shaitan shows up 70 times in the Qur'an, shayateen 18 times in the Qur'an. And this is very similar to the verse where Allah says, وَمَا تَنَزَّلَتْ بِهِ الشَّيَاطِينَ And the devils have not brought this down, this revelation. Ar-Rajim, this name Ar-Rajim means what? It means mal'oon, matrood, it means to be cursed and repelled. Aslul rajim ar-ramyu bil-hijara. The root of it, rajim, means to what? To be pelted with stones. And the idea is that uh, and what does that mean, that uh, shaitan is a rajim? It has two possible implications. One is that he was expelled, yani expelled from paradise. As Allah says, قَالَ فَخْرُجْ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّكَ رَجِيمٌ Allah said, after he refused to bow down, Allah said, get out of here, get out of paradise, for indeed you are a rajim, you are expelled. 
So rajim could mean that he is being expelled from paradise. But another uh, secondary meaning is what? That the devils, when they would try to eavesdrop and get information from the angels, from the highest of gatherings, they would be pelted with shihab uh, al-rasada. Uh, As Allah says, And we used to, the, the jinn are saying, we used to sit there in positions of hearing, trying to listen to the angels of what's going to happen in the future, revelation, whatever. We tried to listen. But whoever listens now will find a burning flame lying in wait for him. So if you summarize from ayah number 22 to 25, what you find is that the Prophet's qualities are being Com- compiled in front of you. First and foremost, he is sahibukum. He is your companion. You know him very well. He's not crazy. You know that this is not what a crazy person looks like. Uh, and then, you know, he has seen Jibreel clearly. And uh, he's not concealing anything. And this is not from shaitan. So this is all talking about the source of this information. Because why? The disbelievers are trying to create doubts from every direction. Maybe his mind is crazy. Majnoon, so Allah is refuting that. Maybe his eyes saw wrong. No, his mind is not faulty to understand the information, his eye is not faulty in terms of receiving the information. Maybe he's being insincere. No, Allah is saying, he's not withholding and being insincere, or he's not guessing. He's not uh, lacking certainty. No, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And furthermore, it's not that he's being influenced or listening to something wrong or evil, like a little waswas of shaitan coming to his ear. All these possible doubts they're exploring. Why? Because they just don't want to accept this message. They're trying to resist in every single way. So after all of this, after addressing each one of their doubts, what does Allah say? SubhanAllah. What a powerful ayah. After conclu- after building up where it's coming from, Jibreel Aleyhisselam, and then who the Prophet is, and how he's receiving all this information so clearly, and how it's so contrast to the nonsense that they're believing in. Finally, Allah Ta'ala asks a powerful question, where are you going? So where are you going? What are you going to choose now? What's your choice? Where are you going? SubhanAllah. So after all this, will you even give it a chance? Will you give this deen of Islam a serious chance? You have to keep in mind that this is very, very early Mecki surah, as we talked about in the beginning. This is a very early surah. So that means that the Quraysh are barely even just getting familiar with who the Prophet is. Just, this is just, just the beginning. So this early question is, are you going to give this a chance? Are you going to hear him out? Are you going to give him an opportunity to actually learn about this religion? Especially given the fact that Allah just mentioned that he is Rasulun Kareem. He is a Rasulun Kareem. He is a noble messenger. And shaitan is shaitan rajim. So what are you, Allah is saying, فَأَيْنَ تَذْهَبُونَ Which one are you going to pick? Kareem or Rajim? <laughs> the most noble or the most rejected? Right? Which one are you going to pick? It's either Karim or, or Rajim. You've got to pick between these two. And what's also interesting is that the Arabs had an expression. They used to say, if somebody, imagine you know, a bunch of guys are hanging out and somebody says something uh, ridiculous, something embarrassing. The Arabs were, would respond, bika, which would mean, where have you been taken to? Like, what ha- you know, wh- wh- where's your mind gone? You know? Who took your head away? Or who took your mind away? What are you talking about? You know? So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of saying what? Uh, it's a way of expressing that this person is saying something wrong, However, it is not attributing the fault to the individual. It is not making them accountable because it's saying, where have you been taken to? Allah is taking that same statement and making it and adjusting it, making it accountable by saying, فَإِنَ تَذْهَبُونَ Where are you going? No, you're, in, you're responsible. You are accountable for your decisions. So subhanAllah, this statement, فَإِنَ تَذْهَبُونَ can be understood in two ways. One, where are you going for your information? Where are you going? Will you keep getting your information from the stars, from the palm readers, from the astrologers, from the people who only want to make money? Or will you finally go to the Prophet who you've known for so long, who is receiving it from Jibreel, who holds nothing back, and who is providing clear guidance for free? SubhanAllah. So where are you going? Where are you going to get your information from? Look at the clear difference between the two. 
That's one meaning. Another possible meaning is Where are you going in life? And we know that this is now nearing the end of the surah. How did the surah begin? The first 13 ayat were describing how the universe is coming to an end. That forget about your life, all of life is going to end. Allah was talking about what? How the sun is going to be wrapped up. Everything's going to be destroyed. The whole first 13 ayat. Now in the concluding remarks, Allah is saying what? Where are you going? Where do you think you're going with all this? Life is not going to be forever. So subhanAllah. And by the way, another interesting fact. That this is Surah 81, right? If you look at Surah 80, you find a different line of questioning, but in a very different tone. So we know that in Surah 80, Surah Abasa, there was questioning. As for the one, there was a person, a disbeliever, who was like from the elite class. He went to the Prophet and he was asking, tell me about this Islam. I have some questions, but he wasn't being respectful. He was asking just out of, you know, curiosity, like he's reading the newspaper. You know, oh yeah, what is your belief? Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, you're a messenger, huh? Oh, that's interesting. Ha, ha. Just sort of mocking it, right? And Allah Ta'ala sent ayat. Inshallah, we'll, we'll get to it, inshallah, after Ramadan. We'll get to these ayat and we'll talk about it in depth. But the point is that you have in these two surahs that are next to each other, one line of questioning that is completely insincere, a guy just sort of laughingly, mockingly asking the Prophet about Islam, and now you see in the very next surah, Allah switches it. No, no, you're not asking him the questions. I'm asking you a question. Where do you think you're going? Where do you think it, when, when you know everything is moving towards destruction, when your life is going to end, where do you think you're going? It's a different line of questioning, very, very serious and very sincere, subhanAllah. So um, we have to remember, as I mentioned this before, that you can be hyper-skeptical about Islam. Sure, fine, you could do that. But if you apply that, uh, apply that same level of skepticism to anything else, uh, will it, will whatever your other religion be, will it withhold or stand up to such skepticism? And the answer is, of course not. So the conclusion is what? Islam is the most convincing, so doubting Islam means that you should doubt everything else even more. So if you're not Muslim, where else are you going? Right? You want to say, I have doubts about Islam? What has, what, where else are you going to go? What else could you possibly believe in? It's going to have way more to, uh, uh, what's your alternative uh, in terms of, uh, subhanAllah, the doubts are going to be 10 times, a million times higher. And what's also interesting is the contrast between exclusivity and inclusivity. You find that the Prophet is clear as day and it's for everybody. He's not withholding for some groups and not other groups. No, Islam is for everyone. But shaitan and witchcraft and astrology that are vague and they're dark, they're only, uh, they include this a level of exclusivity. And so what are you attracted to? Are you drawn to evil because it makes you feel like you're part of an exclusive small group? Or do you prefer open truth and we can all benefit together? You know, some people, they only want to be part of the elite group. They don't like things that are for the masses. I'm not from the general masses. I want something elite, special knowledge. Why? You think you're better than everybody? SubhanAllah, Islam stands very distinct from all this type of nonsense. We should practice what is clear and open. And the final concluding point is what? How do you react to truth? Some people run from the truth. When Allah says, وَمَا تَأْتِيهِم مِّنْ آيَةٍ مِّنْ آيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ إِلَّا كَانُوا عَنْهَا مُعْرِضُونَ And no sign comes to them from the signs of their Lord except that they turn away therefrom. Some people, they are always going to run away from the truth. Every time something's convincing, they want to get away from it because they don't want to be responsible. Others embrace the moment that they recognize it. As Allah says, وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ تَرَ أَعْيُنَهُمْ تَفِيلُ مِنَ الدَّمْعِ And when they hear what has been revealed to the Messenger, you see their eyes overflowing with tears because of what they have recognized of the truth. SubhanAllah. Very different people. And so, we should be able to respond to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اسْتَجِيبُوا لِلَّهِ وَلِلْرَسُولِ إِذَا دَعَاكُمْ لِمَا يُحْيِيكُمْ Allahu Akbar. Allah says what? O oh, you who have believed, respond to Allah and the Messenger when He calls you to that which gives you life. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who never withhold information. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are responsive and can see the different calls and the different groups and the different people calling to their different ideologies and we can see, inshallah, clearly 
that Allah's truth stands clear and falsehood is pure darkness. May Allah keep us upon the truth and always calling and being eager to call others to the truth and share it as much as possible. And with that, inshallah, we'll, cl we'll close. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.